Welcome to Strategies for Turbulent Times with your hosts, Matthew Werner and Dr. Kathy Greenberg, here to help you stare down adversity, adapt, improvise, and overcome the challenges you are facing in your own life. Now, here are Dr. Kathy and Captain Matthew. Welcome to this episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times with today's guest, Mark Redlich. We're really happy to have you. We're going to talk to Mark about his bio, but today we're going to probably do more of an episode two of Shots Fired. So we'll talk a little bit more about that podcast and how Mark started that. You heard a little bit from our buddy, Kyle Schoberg. And that was in a prior show. This is kind of a second episode to that, but we're going to talk about why they're in the business of helping others get better. And let me just make sure that because we're new to the airwaves as a team, Matthew and I, many of you are used to hearing me from Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices, top performers for almost 17 years with my co-host, Raleigh Nadler. And uh, as I've said on that show, I think Raleigh has been the longest running relationship I've had with a male either on the air or in person. But now Matt's stepping in. Matthew Werner's going to take on that challenge. <laughs> so just to jump in here, before we bring our guest on, we'd like to thank you, our audience, for tuning in as we look forward to sharing our own insights, experiences, and lessons learned along the what we call life's VUCA journey. And Matthew usually takes this on under volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. But for those of you who are listening, Matthew Werner has dedicated his career in service to the U.S. Navy, where he helped choose, train, and lead the nation's preeminent top 2% of our U.S. Navy special operations, as well as lead and personally perform some of the highest, highest risk missions around the globe throughout this amazing 25-year career, which he's going to share with us including a decade with the National Mission Force. And you can look that up because I can't talk about that on public radio. You'll learn more about Matthew during each and every one of our episodes in these interviews. And I'm in, I, I'm in awe and I'm honored to have him with me. And even though I give him a lot of crap on air, which you'll hear in every show, he gives it right back. So not, not a lot of people can take that. So I'm glad he's got thick skin. Um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Kat. Um, so, um, if for everybody or for anybody that's just joining us here, uh, if you don't know anything about Kathy, she is a wonderful lady. I know she's uh, she's got a sense of humor, which I love. Um, but uh, Kathy, in her professional life, she's been she is a behavioral scientist. That's why she's the brains, and she likes to uh, you know talk with a lot of us as far as what our experiences are and helps a lot, whether you're State Department or DOD, uh, special operations, as well as uh, first responders uh, to come across and uh, learn what uh, what we do not know how the brain is going. So Kathy's worked across DOD and the Pentagon and supported all arms of the U.S. military, Homeland, FBI, and public safety to include various sheriff's associations and national law enforcement academies and associations. She is also a number one Amazon International, number one Wall Street Journal, and number two New York Times bestselling author. So I think Kathy knows a little bit about what she's talking about, <laughs> but that's up for debate, I guess. <laughs> but she, seriously, she is, um, you know, she's a specialist in the science of happiness, courage, strategic and emotional intelligence, 
and her work has been featured all across popular media outlets, including TV, radio, and leading news networks. All right, enough about me. Let's move on. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here getting antsy. I just want to say that together, Matthew and I uh, are co-founders of a LMS known as ebguardians.com. Please go there. Please get a free download. Please use the system for seven days for free. And as you know, that uh, is part of our Emotional Brilliance Academy, if you've been part of our Leadership Development News audience. And it's a platform bringing you the most advanced AI-driven technology for creating the force of the future as part of the National Command and Staff College. And we are so delighted to be teaming with them and their latest science-based leading edge well-being app called magnusworks.com. And that's M-A-G-N-U-S-W-O-R-X.com. There's two banners on our landing page. You'll see one National Command and Staff College, the other Magnus Works. Go there, click on them, get free stuff. We put new bonuses there all the time. We wanna help. We're here to, to make you a better you. And I wanna jump in to our program today Welcome to the show, Mark. We're delighted to have you with us, and we would love to hear about your background. And I, I know Matt's going to jump in uh, and talk a little bit about you as well in terms of uh, what you guys have chatted about prior to the show. But tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got here. All right. Well, to be honest with your bios, it's a tough act to follow, but I'm going to give it a shot. So no, 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 no. I... <laughs> I have an Associates of Applied Science degree in business management from Heald Business College and a business or a criminal justice degree uh, from the University of Phoenix. I was a police officer for 14 years. And during that time, I had probably 15 letters of recommendation from our upper management. I've had a life-saving award. I have been recognized by the Sacramento Kings for outstanding volunteer work for the community. And I've also been awarded the Above Self Award from the City of Sacramento for community service, which was Above Self, and that's outside of work for that. Uh, within the time of being a police officer at the Sacramento Police Department in the state of California, I had the opportunity to work on the crime suppression unit, the gang team. I was on a full-time SWAT team as part of the entry team. And then I also uh, was in the professional standards unit within the internal affairs building uh, for the last year of my career. Uh, my career did come to a quick end when I was injured in a training exercise by one of the police canines, uh, ended up causing an injury to my leg. Uh, but since then, I've tried to make the best of it. I started a consulting business, um, a private investigator, and I've also worked full time for a large Northern California hospital that I help manage the workplace violence prevention program for 24 hospitals. And in the meantime of all of that, I'm also a host on the Shots Fire podcast with my buddy Kyle, who was on here previously. Uh, I'm sitting here blown away. You're so humble when you say these things. Like, it's like everybody should have these on their bio. And I don't think sometimes when people are talking about themselves, and it's really hard sometimes to talk about ourselves, uh, how astounding your personal achievements are. And I just want to say thank you for being here. And we're honored to have you. And I'm, I'm, blown away the above self award what just before matt gets into asking you some questions mark what what did you do to get an above self award from from a city um to be honest that's one of the most uh impressionable awards i've gotten as a police officer uh 
quick overview of it. Uh, my partner and I were working an overtime night shift. We ran into a homeless lady that had a nine-year-old daughter that were literally sleeping in the bushes. We were not going to let that happen. We paid for a hotel for two nights. And the next, uh, the third day when we were back on shift, we worked with another guy that was on our SWAT team who was part of the homeless um, program to help families get into housing. We got her into a three-month temporary housing uh, unit. And during that time, uh, my partner and I, we reached out to a local dentist office because her daughter had dental problems. And we worked with the dentist and he provided free medical or free dental care to the daughter and then also to the mother. And then part of that, they, the dentist office, Dr. Rowe was so blown away by us just offering and trying to help this family that he extended it to the entire home where they were living. So it was 13 single mothers with 20 children and that dental office donated free dental to all of them. And then we ended up um, finding an actual house for her to stay in. It, it was uh, a, a split house and we knew that they had nothing. So we worked with Ikea, the manager of Ikea in Sacramento, and he donated almost $8,000 worth of uh, bedroom, kitchen, bathroom, uh, Target. We worked with them. They also donated a lot of stuff for them, clothing to get them up to speed. Um, the nine-year-old was turning 10 and then she was going to graduate and go to middle school. So we worked with a company that got her free clothing and then provided her transportation to and from the graduation. And we did a lot more with this family. Uh, but my partner and I, we barely shared this information with anybody. That was not the point of it. Uh, somebody found out in the department, the, our PIO wanted to do a media release on it. And we refused that because that was not the point. Um, and then eventually with that, they ended up recognizing it and they, they do the entire community of Sacramento. They vote on the people within the community who they believe have done more than deserved, um, to get that award. And I share it with my, my partner. I am sitting here like holding back the tears and I don't know if anybody's, you know, feeling the same way, but you talk about emotional intelligence and, and as Matthew likes to say, showing the big E I'm looking at Matthew and, and I think he's a little speechless. So, um, you know, jump in here, dude. Cause I need, I need a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing. Mark. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, officers like yourself that are going through trials and tribulations every day and to go outside the box and to, you know, bring it upon yourself to do something like that for another citizen. That's amazing. It's truly amazing. Now, kind of getting into your background, but also during your career, who has the most, who has had the most influence on your life to make decisions like that? I will. I will say the most influential is my brother. I have a twin brother that's two minutes older than I am, but he matured much older. He, he matured much faster than I did. Uh, and he was the father figure. When I was 18, I moved out. He already had an apartment and he was a father figure. He's the one that taught me virtually everything. He's very successful um, within the accounting industry and he's my go-to. He's the guy that maximizes time, sleeps the least amount, is the most productive, has an answer for everything, can provide well-rounded advice, uh, and is level-headed. And that is the person that's 
very influential. He's like my best friend. I talk to him all the time and he's, he's the go-to. So a lot of stuff that I do, even though I'm confident with my decision of what I'm going to do, I generally consult him just to see where I'm at. If, if, if I'm within, within range. Well, I think getting 15 letters of recommendation in your career, uh, I'm sure your brother would say the same thing for you, right? That yeah. you're, you're his, his go-to person. No, I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, no. you, you, there, there are things we don't know about our siblings sometimes, but, uh, you know, I love the way you say twin brother, um, whether they're older or younger, it's always by seconds, right? When you think about how you got to where you are, any key milestones along the way that have made you who you are in terms of this whole giving back and caring for other people as a public safety professional, you know, the, the audience we have, probably has no idea if they're civilian. I call them civilian because they're non-shield carrying individuals. They have no idea what law enforcement, now public safety professionals actually do in a day. And um, I've been on the receiving end of that myself because I've had a, a wonderful family member who spent nine tenths of their adult life as a custodian of the state. So I spent a lot of time visiting him and realized, you know, that it's it's interesting on both sides of the equation, because for some time I was actually in a relationship with the sheriff's deputy uh, for 11 years. So I saw both sides of the equation, right? Visiting my brother in a, a prison, multiple uh, prison facilities and then living with a law enforcement professional. And here I am with Matthew now working in law enforcement as a training person. Give me some of those milestones in your life that got you to where you are now. Pinpoint milestones, I would say when I graduated college, uh, when I got married, uh, when I was involved in a shooting, and then when I medically retired. Those are the four things that I can pinpoint. But the three I can pinpoint is up to law enforcement, really, is I was very fortunate growing up and if nothing uh, was outside of, of me and my brother's realm, we were very lucky children. Um, but I knew that because some of my friends were less fortunate and recognizing that people need help and not judging them because I was judged a lot as a kid. It, but when I became a police officer, I saw all aspects, very well-to-do people and then people that were, you knew they were never going to be successful. And those are the ones that I was like, these are the ones that need help. And just because they're in this position or they have this type of clothing or they're, they're dirty and they, they have no food and they're eating chips for breakfast. Those are the people that, that need attention that need help. And I've always treated people with respect. That's the most important thing is when you take away respect, there's nothing left. Yeah. I appreciate those, those points that you just gave us. Um, it's interesting because the last two points you're talking about your first shoot your first uh, active shooter or uh, this, and then this last one was as far as the medically retirement um so either the, the the previous one or the latter one can you tell us a story about the time that uh, your plan was taken off track um you know 14 years in it to win it and next thing you know it's like boom i hit the wall at turn four What's going to happen? What do I want to do? Who am I? 
Um, can you describe how you got through that um, to survive and succeed regardless due to your skills, experiences, training, knowledge, and fearless mindset? Yeah, I will take, I'll talk about the officer ball shooting that I was in. Uh, I had just joined the SWAT team and lucky enough to get much more training than a patrol officer. Uh, was in a domestic violence call that was a call that officers go to all the time. And in fact, it wasn't even domestic violence. It was just an argument call. Uh, entered the house, a dim lit house, and just realized that this is just a normal call. And this guy doesn't want us to talk to him. So he's laying under a blanket. And then up he came, presented a gun, and then ultimately I had to shoot him. But that moment, I realized that you you have to have the training, you have to have the mindset, you can't quit, you have to do what you need to do. And then just because it's done doesn't mean it's actually done. And there's a lot to do after that. You have to back out, make sure my partner's taken care of. We still need to provide medical aid. We can't just run away from the situation. I can't just stop working. Uh, and that's when everything kind of clicked in of like, this is what we need to do. We need to do much more training within the department. We need to provide training for all officers. And that was really, that was really the pinnacle of kind of the, the mind, the mind shift. We're going to ask you to hold that thought. And I, it's a tough place to stop, but I want you to hold that thought. We're going to come right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Strategies for Turbulent Times. So stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting-edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well-being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real-time tailor-made check-ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire. Educate impact and transcend magnusworks.com that's magnus w-o-r-x.com how can you be brilliant in the moment given the daily challenges you face at work and home how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses dr greenberg and dr nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple trusted evidence-based tips and tools they have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. My name is Matthew Werner here, and we have our special guest, Mark Redlich. Uh, so if you didn't catch the first part, so Mark is a, uh, he's a retired police officer. Uh, he lives in uh, Northern California. He's a private investigator, his current occupation. Uh, Mark also works or <clears throat> does work for the Workplace Violence Pre- Prevention Program for 24 hospitals in Northern I'm California. I'm blown away. I'm so blown away. And then last, not last but least, but uh, he's also has his own podcast, which is Shot Fire, Shots Fired. So I encourage anybody to look that podcast up. Uh, him and his uh, uh, co-host, uh, uh, Kyle Schoberg, um, very good podcast. So definitely look that up. Um, so Mark, as you were talking about uh, earlier, as far as your uh, taking off track and how you overcame the unknown with your skills and um, training knowledge, um, as far as the emotional intelligence piece of that, how did that how did that work out? How were you able to pick pick that piece up once once you were medically retired? Medically retired, that was that was a very difficult transition because you become a police officer and you expect that that's going to my, be my career. And when I hit 50 years old, I'm going to retire and I can see that date coming up. But that came that day came 11 years before I expected it. And it came all to an end one night. Um, so the transition from being a police officer, having the goals and what I wanted to do and still help came to an end. So <clears throat> managing that was very difficult. I did get a lot of counseling. I went through a, a three day a week program that was for six months that really helped you identify what the problem is. And sometimes there, there is no problem. It's just internal anger and not being okay with accepting what happened. And by the end of that program, when I started the program, I remember standing, looking, this is the vision, looking in the ocean, out at the ocean at a beach and being pissed and thinking, where is everybody? Nobody is next to me. I'm trying to deal with this on my own. Totally understand. And when I graduated, I, I say graduated because they do a little ceremony what I learned through that whole process is that I needed to turn around and there was the people that were important to me. They were always there. I just didn't, I wasn't in the mindset to realize that they were there. And that saved a lot. I mean, that, that saved me to be honest is going through that program. You know, I love how you, how you, how you worded that. Like, cause we're always, you're fixers doers, right? And you're always looking ahead because you're a servant to the community and you do so many years and that's where you're looking at, okay, how am I going to fix, what fire do I have to put out? And you're constantly in the doing. And once you don't see that fix or do that you're so used to, it's like, where is that need? Where is my purpose? As we like to talk about it uh, with the emotional intelligence piece, as far as the purpose on how the brain works to be able to continue on with what you do believe in. Do, do you really think, and, and I, this is kind of a heartfelt question because I can see it in you, giving back is a healing process and now learning what you have learned from life on the other side of the equation, even though none of us are ever finished, right? We're all evolving and growing. The training that you got prior to this, um, tell us a little bit about 
how that training prepared or did not prepare you enough? And what would you suggest people do to get that preparation, to get past that moment when the unknown happened and you have to live past it? I think being in law enforcement, you're always trying to train and plan for something, but you always have to have the backup plan because it's never going to go as you expect it. You, you hope it does. And sometimes it does, but generally it doesn't. And you have to have a backup plan and be able to adapt and move to things and be able to talk to people. And bef- before I medically retired, I had taken a lot of training and I put on a lot of training. In fact, I put on the most training on the SWAT team because it was really important. And part of the training is figuring out what you're really good at. You need to exploit your strengths and identify your weaknesses so you can make that a strength. Uh, and leading up to that, that's really what I focused on. It was the training aspect. And then after it's a, now I'm done. Like, how do I give back and how do I keep going? Because I'm not done. And that's what this podcast, I actually feel that medically retiring was a gift because I was only able to help so many people in the department and in the citizens in, in the city of Sacramento. But now with this podcast, we can provide such a larger platform, talk to more people and provide training throughout the country. I actually feel like that was a gift in being having the the training and everything that I've done in law enforcement. I feel like built a solid resume as a police officer with credibility. So when we do this podcast, the Shots Fired podcast, and we teach and we travel around, people can look and go, okay, this person has actually done something. There's form of credibility, which leads to their improvement. You, you said a couple of things, uh, and I'm sure it resonated with Matthew because I heard him chiming in here, uh, and that is asking for assistance and knowing you were never alone, but you felt so alone in that moment. Can you talk a little bit about that from your experience? And, and Matthew, if you want to jump in here, given what you've dealt with in your life as well, I, I want to hear more. So. Well, I did need help and I didn't know how to ask. It was a absolute struggle and my wife knew it and it was very difficult. And it came a point and I I wish I could pinpoint it, but I can't, but a specific point, I finally realized like I actually need help because my wife knows I'm upset. We are not getting along and this is not okay. And this is not the person I am. I had the longest fuse. I would never get upset. And now I have no fuse. And when I'd get upset, I'd get really angry and yell. And then I knew I needed help. So I seeked help. Like I actually went out, I found that class. In addition, I saw a psychologist because they're professionals. Like I needed to talk to somebody. Um, so I did reach out to that and, and that was really hard and it was terrifying. In fact, I had my wife go with me and luckily she's amazing and went with me and sat And the psychologist. I remember I get choked up, but coming out and I like look at my wife and I'm like, I'm super scared to go talk to this person, but I know I have to. And I went and I came back and I was like, I think this is going to help. No, I, you hit it. On, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, just as far as resonating with those thought processes, right? Because it being a fixer and doer. I, I, when you said that I've always had an outlook, so it never, the things that were actually happening here didn't bother me. So I was very calm, cool, collective. But once you don't have that outlook, you don't know what's going to happen. You have the unknowns, that stress that you never experienced, you know, through early adulthood, through middle adulthood. It's like, what's going on here? And so seeing a psychologist um, as a leader, I, I try to change the paradigm with my guys. 
and I highly supported them to go see a psychologist. But once again, being a servant, whether it's a, a, you know, a service member or a law enforcement officer of the peace, we're always looking after everybody else, right? So the tough decision when you get to a certain point of being a fixer and doer, it's hard to go, yeah, uh, do I really need to go there? Because I'm being pretty successful. But now all of a sudden I got all these thoughts and my worries, the stress, the inner stressors start coming out. And uh, I think just for the audience, if you are in that position um, and you start seeing those pieces come out as far as who you are, then, you know, just recommend finding help, you know, seeking help. And uh, it's not easy for anybody because, like I said, I have that analogy as far as NASCAR, you know, and running the risk of hitting the wall at turn four and who's your pit stop crew. And, um, you know, you mentioned your brother's a close confidant to you so he can give you guidance. Um, but I also talk about your family being in the car with you because they want to love and support you. And uh, they don't, they not, not all the time and more often than not, they don't know how to ask you the hard questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to find that pit stop crew with an with a um, a specialist or just a good mentor and leader that can just ask you those hard questions, that is critical from all my experience and everybody that I've spoken with to being successful for that long run. Because you never know when, you know, just for example, like you, you didn't know that that was going to happen, that your career was going to be ended earlier. Yeah. You're a very positive guy. Um, but just those pointers, because your family's in the car with you now, and now all of a sudden you're looking for that pit stop crew, get it early often, right? That's what I would tell myself, knowing what I know now. Yes, so I appreciate agreed. So when you were uh, going through this, you'd been the person that always trained others, prepared others for this but not in this way. What, what would you tell new officers coming into the fold? Because we are seeing such a turnover in public safety right now. Uh, and we are in fact hopeful that people who need to be in public safety are the ones that are actually being recruited versus the people that we, we know aren't gonna make it through. And possibly waste, you know, anywhere from 150000 to $300,000 per person after they've been through the academy and all their field training and they're just not, gonna, they're just not going to make it. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge investment. What would you tell a young law enforcement professional now about preparing for the unknown? What, what would you highlight for them? Here's my message. They need to seek and you should be seeking all kinds of training and you've got to do it on your own time. If the department will send you, that's awesome, but you've got to do it on your own because your life literally depends on it. It's being in law enforcement. It's not like an, a, a, a job at a bank or Starbucks, your life depends on it. And you should be seeking any and all type of training. I went to as much training as I possibly could. And people would give me a hard time. Like, well, why are you taking this class? It's irrelevant to patrol. I said, well, no, but if I run across this, I'm, going to have that piece of the puzzle. And I'm going to know that I, a measurement from this point to that point is a crime. So I want that. So I think every officer should take every type of course, if you think it's relevant or not. In addition to that, a lot of turnover is in negativity within law enforcement is because of calls for service. That's the, the core job is responding to calls for service. 
I think every officer should be seeking something outside of the call for service to find something to do. My current boss has said, I don't care what your job title is. What do you do? Like, it doesn't matter what your job title is, but what do you do? That's so, powerful. so I think every officer, if you're done responding to a call for service, find something else to do, find a family to help in a different way. You can walk in between calls for service to stores and ask for, for assistance and donations and things for family members. There's all kinds of resources and you just have to be creative and think outside the box. If you find something that uh, a lot that is long grass and dirty and there's nice neighborhoods, contact a, 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 a local lawn for or a lawn business and see if they'll donate time. There's so much, I mean, I can go on and on about it, but there's so many different things you can do outside of responding to calls for service. You can go and walk through a school and talk to kids. You can volunteer at after programs. You can play basketball with kids. There's, that is where the enjoyment and everyone says, when you, when you ask the question, what do you want to do? Or why do you want to be a police officer? I want to help people. That is how you help people. That is what you actually do. The responding to calls for service is the job. How to help people is outside of that. Think outside the box. It's fantastic. You know, um, I love your brain and just how you're communicating that to the audience. Um, and just one thing I'd like to share with you. When I was uh, put in a position of senior leadership, um, we have a thing called collateral duties, which is pretty common in a lot of jobs. And uh, when I took that position, I went away from that term. And we hear the term SMEs or subject, subject matter experts. But what I expressed to my guys was, look, and I wrote out a white paper, I want you to take ownership of this because God forbid, and there will be a time, whether it's retirement or you get out early or for whatever reason, unknown reason, that you get maimed, you know, missing a limb or, you know, medically retired, it's going to come a time. But I want you to be an expert. That way, when you go to the civilian world, you have that backstop. You know, you have that off ramp and I want you to work on it while you can now instead of just taking care of it like it's a baby that's just given to you and you give it back to the parents and it's not scarred, right? That's a collateral duty. You had ownership, you had responsibility for it. So I implored them to have true ownership into that and not just be accountable for the numbers and the cleanliness of it. <laughs> you know, Mark, you said something that I can't help but share this information with our audience because you're... You're talking about go out and get any training you can. And we're going to be doing a series of five free webinars for anybody who wants to show up from public safety world. And you're welcome from any industry. Uh, public health would probably benefit from it as well. But it's a series and it'll be the third Thursday of every month in June, July, August and September. And um, each month we have a different subject whether it's understanding your stress, diet and exercise not being enough. Uh, we're going to do one on the Magnus Works app so people understand uh, their well-being can be, in fact, anonymous in the law enforcement world. You don't have to go see somebody that you're not ready to go see, but here's an anonymous app you can use. Same and uh, it, it will use your fingerprint to look at your cortisol level on the smartphone camera hmm. and then give you some options for how you might do something that will help get you feeling better. So we hope anybody who's listening will go to commandcollege.com. You can go to the Magnus Works banner on the landing page and click there and you'll see all the webinars and they're free. 
please take advantage of them. They're free. Um, when, when we think about uh, how moving past trauma grows us, makes us better people, you know, a lot of people say God only gives us what we can handle. A lot of us don't believe that. And when we come back from break, I want to talk about getting past trauma and getting past the mess to the message. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Come right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting-edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well-being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real-time tailor-made check-ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire. Educate impact and transcend magnusworks.com that's magnus w-o-r-x.com how can you be brilliant in the moment given the daily challenges you face at work and home how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses dr greenberg and dr nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple trusted evidence-based tips and tools They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Kat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to uh, Strategies for Turbulent Times, a plan for the unknown. We have our special guest, uh, Mark Redlich from Northern California. Um, Mark has been talking about, you know, his, uh, his strengths as far as uh, to get past trauma and uh, has been sharing with us as far as how he has gotten past um, these, these points in his life uh, successfully. And uh, what he's doing right now as a private investigator, he's also working for 24 hospitals and he has his own podcast. So, uh, Mark, if you want to continue on, just some of the points that you were sharing off the last segment. Yeah. So to hit on the the two things I really focus on is how do you exploit your strength and then 
uh, identify your weaknesses to exploit the strengths. And what I mean by that is really identify what you're good at. And then how do you keep driving forward? When I medically retired, like I said, my career came to an immediate end. And I really had to think about what am I going to do now? I've been a cop for 13, 14 years. And then how, how, what am I going to do? So I really started to analyze what I was good at. And that was investigations and digging and digging and digging and not giving up. Uh, and guys on my team used to give me a hard time because I would, I would obsess and not stop. Uh, and I thought, well, I need to start a consulting business and become a private investigator, which is actually very difficult in the state of California. It took a year and a half to get that. Uh, and I started doing private investigations. And that's just simply people that have already experienced something, they, a case may be pending in the police department or uh, the district attorney's office, and they're not satisfied with the work that the current law enforcement did. And then they contact me and then I do my own work. Uh, and it's some of it's also work comp and it's also trailing people, uh, but it's all about digging and not giving up and finding what that client, which is the person that's paying needs. Uh, and I'm a fact finder. I, I sway no left or no right. I provide the facts, good or bad. Um, and that's what I do. And, and that's led into the passion of what I do with training is I'm passionate and good at creating training. And the, I, I work for a large Northern California hospital and I create training material uh, for workplace violence prevention for almost 70,000 clinical staff members. And it's based on my history and my experience as a, a police officer. And I provide training and create the training, the training curriculum for those staff members. Can you give us a couple of examples of the kinds of programs you create? Yes. Uh, uh, personal space and situational awareness. Clinical staff members, it's one of the most violent jobs. They are assaulted a lot by, by patients. Oh, definitely. Unconscious definitely. or conscious. In uh, some of the situational awareness, they don't need and should not need to know that because they're trying to provide patient care and they're good at that. But times are changing in these patients. Some of them are aggressive and we have to now teach our staff members to read body language. Are they clenching their fingers? Just simple body movements. Are their legs out from underneath the blanket or are there, or is the blanket covering them? Are they leaning forward? Are they clenching their teeth? Are their tone, is it getting louder? Are they becoming aggressive? Are they making low level threats? All of those things we're, we're creating material so the staff members can identify that before they get close enough to be assaulted. Yeah, people don't realize uh, healthcare workers are at risk every day uh, as much as public safety professionals. And in fact, we have a very dear friend of our family who lost her life as a result of being a nurse in an ER situation when a patient came in on drugs and bit her. And that turned into staff and it turned into secondary issues. And uh, she wound up losing her life. And people don't realize, you know, that that one incident could have been avoided by a course or training just about, as you said, self-awareness and the awareness of others. And that's where you know, Matthew and I get so high on emotional intelligence. And some of the things that you talked about, I want to recap um, for our listeners so they don't miss any of this, because we like a lesson in every one of our podcasts. It's giving back. Always find a way to give back. No matter what your trauma has been or your experience has been in the unknown, when you give back, it triggers good stuff in the brain. And it allows us to create more good stuff. You talked about um, the idea of self-awareness and knowing yourself. And I think a lot of us go through life 
assuming that we know who we are, but never doing anything that internal work, maybe a meditation or a mantra or listening to music that makes us listen to our best self. What is it about that song or that music, right? That gives us that upbeat high when we're going to work and then doing the same thing when we're coming home from work, as opposed to staying in that one to 5% of negative, right? What happened in that day, that one to 5% negative takes up your whole day. Uh, You also talked about asking for assistance and knowing who to ask and looking for others to be with you. And then knowing that you're not alone and finding that audience. And obviously you have a great audience in, in shots fired who look to you for that uplifting message in most cases, a very dark situation. And we're so happy that you're here to talk to us. Give us, give us a piece of advice that you would give anybody law enforcement, public health, um, a community member about what you'd like them to take away from your message. As I said, go from the mess in life to the message in life. What, what is your big takeaway for everybody? Man, that's a tough one. My takeaway would be there is more to the job than the actual job. It's a, it, in fact, all it is, is a job. Life outside of the job is really, really important. That's what keeps you grounded. So your family, it's the core. Those are the people. And I bring this up in every class and I'm going to do it here. If you've not seen the movie Act of Valor, Mm. if you're a military guy, Matt, I know it's probably not accurate and it's cheesy, but there's a scene in there when the, uh, the husband is at home and he's getting ready to go on a mission. And what he does is he hugs his wife, tells her goodbye. I love her. She's really supportive and strong. He steps out. I get emotional. He steps out the door. She shuts the door. He walks forward and his mind is set. And that is where he's going. But what you don't see is his wife and family is behind the door and she drops the ground and breaks down crying. In fact, he doesn't come back. So it's a job. Keep your family close, keep them informed, tell them the horrible experiences that you see. So they know what's going on. It's no toughness of disguising or concealing any of the stuff that you experience. You should be sharing that with your spouse or your family member or your loved one. When you hug them and kiss them before you leave, because it's possible you don't come back. I so treat it. your be family. That's number one. I love it. Well, we'd like to end on a little bit of a, of a high note um, to give everybody a, a bit of a, a giggle after some of this heavy stuff. So uh, Matt has a question to ask you. <laughs> I don't know if it's giggling or education. <laughs> okay. You know? oh, Maybe man. it's an education. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So uh, for for everybody that's listening in, so if you could look at Mark right now, he looks like Gandalf. He's got this amazing <laughs> beard. So can you share me the science of how you got such an amazing beard? Yes. Uh, I had to like shave a, for work. Okay. And when I medically retired, that was the last time I shaved and I didn't want the identity of a police officer anymore. And I wanted something different and I grew a beard and I went, I like the beard and it looks pretty tough and I'm just going to go with it. And it's a different personality and I think it fits me. So what's your daily battle rhythm? Because I mean, that's one fine beard. It is. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I mean, they're not easy to maintain. No, I I see yours. Matthew's just jealous because he's got, he's got that rip. 
Right, that Cole Hauser, Yellowstone. There's, there's some going gray, on which I, I like to say is wisdom. There's wisdom, a lot more wisdom in yours. I like how you say wisdom, not <laughs> yeah. stress. Yes, wisdom. Uh, I do fall asleep, and at times I wake up and it's in my mouth, which is gross. Yeah, fold it up sometimes. <laughs> yes, you, you do have to. The blanket always goes on the outside in. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Lots of combing. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. We've had an amazing an amazing bit of an emotional roller coaster ride with you today. I have to say uh, you've hit all the high points and, and naturally in all these discussions, we touch on the heartstrings and, you know, it's funny that you talk about that movie because Matt actually uses video clips from that movie in, in his, uh, in his speech hmm. and it's very compelling. So we certainly want everybody uh, to support those who are serving us, whether you're wearing the cloth of our nation and, public safety or the cloth of our nation and the military. We, uh, we love you. We thank you for being here, Mark. And I cannot tell you how much we want everybody to go listen to shots fired and learn more. And hopefully you learned something today in our program. Please go get these free webinars on your schedule. Go look at magnusworks.com. It's well-being. It's anonymous. If you're in law enforcement, you don't have to worry about anybody tracking what you're looking for to get help. If you're afraid to ask for help, go ask there because nobody will know but you. And uh, Matthew, any last words before we sign off? No, it's just just, just another great uh, episode of Shots Fired. <laughs> or, Shots Fired. Just <laughs> uh, for turbulent times. So I would say go to Shots Fired as well. I mean, I've listened to some of those podcasts and they're, they're just truly. I think we found our third host. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget, we love you. So come on back soon. We got more to share. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times. We hope Dr. Cat and Captain Matt were able to help you create a plan or simply steer clear of the unknown with ways to overcome challenges in your own life. Until next time, be brilliant and stay fearless. <laughs> <laughs>